Welcome to episode 767 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty, team, welcome along to episode 767 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. Looking pretty cool in your epic length of the South Island. That's right. Collector's edition, one and done. Got another epic camp coming up in April, though, for any Kiwis. If you want to get um, epic camp mini, still up maybe two or three spaces left. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh. It's looking good. It's going to be awesome. When? Top of the South Island. When is it? It's in April, starting in Nelson, going mm. over the Taka Hill, four different locations for. Awesome open water swim. I was doing a race once up Tucker Hill, and it was Tour of Vineyards. Tour of the Tour of Vineyards. And on day two, I think I got like sixth. And mm-hmm. this is serious cyclists, you mm-hmm. know. This is and and the first day was like a crit. Second day was like that, and I think I was like sixth. And I was pretty impressed because you know these are like pretty much top New Zealand cyclists who don't travel overseas yeah. basically. Um, and day three. Got to go on Tucker Hill and I'm in the front pack. Yeah. Got a bit keen, John. <laughs> Got a bit keen. It's a 16 kilometre climb. And I didn't realise how long it went. And so I kind of took off. And me and a couple of other guys took off. Yeah. And I was good to about 3k to go. And it flattened out a little bit at the does, end. yeah. But I just didn't have the legs of me. Mm. And then unfortunately, I couldn't do the last day. I would have got top 10. But unfortunately, I couldn't do the last day. So anyway, I, I regret going early on that ride. Question for you, Bevan, before we start the show. Parked my bike up today in the garage, and I saw you've got a plane in there. You know, like a yeah. plane. Do you want to borrow my plane? No, how often have you used your? Have, well, have you ever used your plane? Funny you say that, John. <laughs> when I did, the, when I remember I told you, told you about making my door in yes. the bathroom. Yeah, that was when I used the plane. Right. And I borrowed the plane from the. It's actually Joe's granddad who's was, passed away. You're gonna say it looks like about that old, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so yes, I have used the plane. Great. Yep, and it was very important for that job. <laughs> Excellent. And actually, that job was quite satisfying because the door always caught. Yeah. You know, and, and there was a good start of a mark coming on the floor. Yeah. Gone, John. Gone. gone. Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. Good old Tony Bucklin Buckingham. Matthew the Seagull Roberts. Lauren Spidey Webb. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and David the Patriot Meenan. Uh, if you want to be a patron, go to Iron Talk. Uh, this week's show, we've got some news, hot topic of the week. Uh, Website of the week, we're going to interview. We're just going to have a catch up with Torsten, talk about uh, rankings and all that sort of stuff. The so Torsten's, he's made it now. He was on Bob Babbitt's show or whatever it's called the oh, other day. He has made it. He's retired. Um, Coach's Corner, wing of the week and questions of the answer. Okay, well, one of the big pieces of news that got announced this week, which is good because it's kind of still quiet news time. Uh, Peter, I've announced that the date for the Collins Cup in 2021 will be the 28th of August 2021. So it was supposed to be in May, so they've pushed that, postponed it. No great surprise there, given who knows what travel is going to look like in May, as well as athletes' condition, rankings, etc. So good move. Fingers crossed we can see some racing in August. You know, with this one, you'd think, you'd think by then, at least the pros are going to be out there racing in a controlled environment. Um, hopefully, good, good time. Good time. Yeah. Uh, you Close know, enough, early enough for before before Kona and post Olympics. Yeah, if oh. Olympic, yeah, well, yeah, assuming Olympics happens, uh, yeah, we'll be after Olympics. So no, I think good timing, and that, yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about the Olympics, which looks like it's going to go ahead, yeah. uh, and that will then bring into play um, Brownlee, Gomez, yeah. etc. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much motivation they have post Olympics, mm. but still, you'd think they're going to turn up. And Collins Cup is owned by the athletes, so and then is there um, a seventy point three Worlds this year? Maybe there isn't, so it's an even better reason. I should it? probably know that. I don't yeah. think there is a seventy point three worlds. Oh, did, did they just say post the postponing Tapo up the road? Tapo's now twenty 
22. Okay. Yeah, so good stuff. Collins Cup's going to be awesome. Oh, sensational. Okay, next thing we also have is that we are going to be having another one of our arena games powered by Zwift and the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park on March the 27th. We've got two coming up. So we've got one. The first one's going to be in London uh, on the 27th of March, as Bevan said. Uh, and second one is going to be in the Netherlands on in Rotterdam on April the 18th. So this is going to be great. I really enjoyed that first one. I'm sure well, they didn't need to tweak it very much, I don't think. It looks like they're going for the same sort of format. Um, obviously, you won't have necessarily all the rock stars over there, but you'd think most so of the European they, athletes will travel to do this. Are they doing your, like it's got here, the athletes face three stages of swim bike run with the order of the legs shuffled every round. So each swim will be 200 metres, 4, 4K bike and 1K run. So they're doing like your triple triathlon thing? No, they, they, they're doing it uh, like they did, I think, the first time they I did it. And they'll change the order. So maybe the first one's swim bike oh, run, okay. second one's bike swim run, and then the last one is run bike swim or whatever it might be three races points yeah based on and remember in the last race uh it ca- really came down to the last race within the event and the guy who was comfortably leading and i think the guy in second they completely dropped out came down to like a sprint finish on the bike in the last stage so it was exciting racing um so how I'm long is that 200 meter 4k how long is that race 15 20 minutes well 200 meters ballpark two minutes yep bike 4k God, that's going to be... On a, on a, on a, By the time you're up and rolling and stuff, it's probably six minutes or so, and then the run would be two and a half. So, you know. About 12 minutes for the race with transitions. Yeah, and then... But that's perfect. Ooh, for, it's perfect for TV, and then what, they probably have a 10-minute break maybe between each one, I yeah, think. Yeah, all your PR. So squeeze it all into, I guess, you know, you've got male and female, but it's a two-hour two hour show, I guess, which is which is what you want. So looking forward to that. Good on them. Yeah. What hard racing... Yeah, I mean, I that think it's tough racing. It will be the Euro- European based, but, you know, hey, there's enough good athletes in Europe to make this uh, pretty compelling viewing. Okay, also coming up on the 12th of March, we have the inaugural Challenge Miami. The athletes will be racing over a special distance, John. It's 1,500 metre swim, a 60.3 kilometre bike, and then a 16.9 kilometre run. Obviously, it's based on the conditions and the course. Uh, all racing will be done at the Homestead Miami Speedway. Well, they like the Speedway races, don't they? They do. It's going to be great. So it's the second speedway race we've had. Uh, money up, there's about 50 grand up for grabs. Some we've got good some field. pretty good names that have been released so far, and I'm sure there'll be more to come. Uh, on the men's side, you've got Lionel Sanders, Ben Hoffman, Matt Hansen, Rudy Von Berg. On the female side, you've got Paula Finlay, Anne Haug, and Sarah Crowley. So that's a classy field from what they've announced so far, and you'd think the majority of uh, you know the pros in the States that are 70.3 specialists will rock up as well. So... Good to have some news. Good to have some more racing coming up. Good stuff. Now, Iconic Australian Race, the hell of the West, happened over the weekend, the 30th anniversary. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about the longest running races. Uh, 30 years is, is up there. Right, it certainly is for uh, in Australia. So I would imagine there's not that many that are, that are older than that. Um, and this was a PTO-supported event. Uh, Stephen McKenna took it out. He swam 26, rode uh, 151, and ran a 107.50. Had pretty close battle. It was very close racing between first, second, and third. Uh, Simon Hem, who I've never heard, who I've never heard of before, uh, he was in second place, only 10 seconds back. And rounding out the podium was good old Timbo Reed. He was about two minutes back, lost a bit of ground on the run, uh, and finished in three hours 31. What was the distance of the run, John? So they did... Kind of a half, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's about like a 100k race, I think. Oh, okay. So I think maybe I'm going to take a guess. 2k, 80k, 20k... Uh, 
16k or 18k or something like that. I have a feeling it's a 100k race. And female side of things? Female side of things. I saw Amelia Watkinson, who we had on the show fairly recently, said, you know, some days you just got to box on with what you've got. And she finished in second place. Um, Ellie Salthouse, who's a very good 70.3 athlete, uh, Pretty much dominated the dojo. She got a two-minute lead in the swim and then uh, matched Amelia Watkinson on the bike and then uh, put three minutes into her on the run uh, to win in three hours 50. Five minutes back was uh, Amelia Watkinson and Kylie Simpson was in third. So good to see some racing. Well, in that front, John, we are kind of getting out of that period of the year where we have got no races because coming up in the next few weeks, we've got a few races happening in both... Australia, if you're in New Zealand, it's kind of it's, it's kind of racing season begins. It's going to be good times. So, not this weekend, but the weekend after, we've got Challenge Wanaka. Uh, we'll have a pretty good field lined up. Have there do we know that yet? Or uh, I know Braden Curry's racing. Kyle's racing. Oh, yep, yep, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting because he's beaten Braden every time, but this mm. is Braden's home field. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Teresa Adam is racing, and then I th- I'm pretty sure that Hannah Wells. So we should have some, yeah, good racing. I'm not sure about the likes of Mike Phillips. He doesn't normally do it, um, uh, Terenzo, et cetera. But uh, after that, on the same weekend, we've got Geelong at 70.3. So that will be uh, having all the Aussies going head-to-head. We've got the Hutchison race, which is another one of these uh, iconic Aussie sort of half-iron distance races. And then we've got Ironman New Zealand on the 6th of March, okay. which is going to be an awesome race. I'm really looking forward to my, seeing it. My fascinating thing is, A, who wins? Mano Mano in New Zealand racing right now. And then how does Cam go? Cam around. He, uh, I mean, he he's, looks like he's on fire. Oh, he's so. blitzing it. It's so. amazing because you know the thing about Cam, for how hard that body's worked and how old he is now, mm. he hasn't had that much time of injury in his career, has he? No, no, he has not. Uh, and so, who was I talking about the other day? I was, oh, that's right. We had, um, we had uh, when we were doing an indoor trainer session the other day. I put on the Challenge Daytona, and they had their like their 47 or 60 minute highlights package yep. that's what you want it was good we didn't have any sound playing we had music playing um, but that's what you want you're seeing all the action it wasn't boring at all uh, and then Matt Hansen was coming in and I, I told a couple of people look at this guy from the waist down and you'll yep. see what I talk about good when I said about you know, lifting heels a little bit more and good knee drive and I said the upper body you know, there's a bit of debate about that yep. uh, but then somebody else said what about Cam Brown what's his technique like and I said if you want Sort of textbook technique, just look at Cam man. Brown running. Just so no vertical displacement. Yeah. Just, he's, he's like a straight line. Yeah, nice and really nice and stable, um, very just, good technique. It looks effortless, doesn't it, his running, mm. you know? And he's blitzing it and he just looks like he's, you know, he's also got a pretty good game face on top of that. So if you want to follow, follow Cam Brown on Facebook or... Um, he's great. On, I was Graham? talking to someone yesterday because we watched Super Bowl and I was talking, who was I talking to someone? Um, and they were talking about, I was seeing Cam's latest kind of training. on. And, and the thing about Cam is, as a, as a guy to talk to, He's not the biggest personality. Mm. Um, quite a quiet guy, nice guy, but you know. Mm. He's, but on social media, he's brilliant. Mm. He really gets how to do social media really well. And he's putting in like his key sessions. You know, each week he's sort of yeah. He's got a fairly standard week. He does some tough runs off the bike. Oh, you know, yeah. really tough. It's all relative, but you know, for for the if we were to go and do that, you know, he might do a, a five hour bike ride and then like a two hour run off it, and then like within that two hour run, he'd have ten k bloody humping it. Yeah, and. Yeah, humping it for us is, is a different speed, but that would still be a very big tough effort, session. Hey, big effort. Okay, let's get into John's ITU update. So the big news is that the Olympic and Paralympic triathlon qualifications will not start before the 1st of March. So it's a pretty short qualification period. Well, no, it's more that they the rankings the rankings got frozen, I believe, back in March last year. Yep. Um, because it was a bit unfair when you some had couldn't, some couldn't. racing yep. in Europe and they had that 
world championships one day sort of race and so it was all you know kiwis and stuff couldn't travel so rankings were frozen you still got prize money and everything like that but in terms of Olympic qualification did not uh, count towards that so it's going to kick off on May the 1st and that's only been this was only announced last week and I know one Kiwi athlete in particular was looking to try to get to Japan in the next few weeks because there was going to be a race over there so Olympics looks like it's still on um, but in terms of those countries and athletes that are sort of scrambling to try to get the last spots it's going to be um, a little bit tricky because it's going to start in May and what the Olympics are in July aren't they? going to be really interesting uh, like i think the olympics probably will go ahead because there's so much money to lose if it doesn't mm. they're pretty motivated by that i think but it's gonna be really interesting olympics yeah you know you know but in saying that rio really didn't have crowds still watched it didn't you yeah you know remember track and field at rio yeah there's like no one there it's it's gonna it's gonna be like the world champs for each individual sport for this particular year yeah and you won't you would just you just won't have all the, I assume you won't have all the poor countries just sending athletes for the sake of letting them go to the Olympic Games. It will be a performance Olympic Games rather than necessarily a participation by everybody Olympic Games, I think. Yeah. Okay, John, um, this week's discussion. So basically with the announcement of the Sub 7 Sub Hour project, we just want to get your thoughts on if you liked it or disliked it and maybe why that's the case. You go first, John. And it was reasonably balanced um, in terms of, I, I thought everybody was going to be negative Nancy on here and uh, not have too much positivity, but there was quite a bit of positivity, which is cool. Uh, Pedro Acha said, it will hopefully be entertaining. It's not an Ironman race, um, but they know that. Why people seem to be bothered by that, I don't know. It's in the... In the same way, the sub two hour wasn't a marathon, but still impressive. I enjoyed the uh, Jeff Curry's got. I enjoyed the sub two marathon effort. So for me, it shouldn't be. It should be entertaining, and no one is really saying it's a world record. Let's just enjoy watching some th- some of the greats going really fast. Brendan John Murray said, "I'm interested after listening to Macca talk about it in a long interview. Some of the rationale, some valid stuff. More interesting than first thought. So I haven't listened to um, the Macca interview, but it might be worthwhile if you're one of those people sort of saying this is a load of rubbish, or if you're just genuinely interested. I'm sure it's on his what is it, Macca X or whatever it is of their podcast. Um, go and have a listen. Nick Mullet's got a bunch of mates who happen to be amongst the best in the world at what they do. Are sitting around for dinner in Bahrain." Uh, and brain shit talking about what they reckon the fastest contrived time for an Ironman could be how many of us have had that exact conversation sitting around drunk after an Ironman race you know so he's basically saying give it a go Melissa Uri uh, good old Bigfoot I think it's a great idea why not sub 2 hour for Nike 100k world record for Hoka it looks like a way to build on the momentum that's happening in running uh, I say good luck to them really hope they do it as it would be an amazing to see like Reef saying a while ago in an interview with Bob Babbitt maybe that her goal is to beat all the men in an Ironman race it's great to see them pushing the limits it's not going to be a traditional iron distance rules but like with the sub two hour marathon only people see what is possible others will attempt to lift and get faster to match it in races uh, Mark Frankster Brooks has got unlike the 159 which was a reachable without too much uh, to go 45 minutes quicker means that the bike lead might turn into a bit of a joke with the modifications they'll have to make which is a few comment John Man- uh, Munzer Murray <laughs> or Mince- what do we call Munzer yeah John yeah. Munzer Munzer uh, contrary to most I'm looking forward to this it is not a race or a world record attempt but more of an athletic science experience with each athlete deploying their own strategy as to how to complete the iron distance in the fastest possible time the tactics that will be deployed and equipment developed in order to achieve this will be fascinating to watch and I have no doubt that some elements will be um, become mainstream after the same way that the Nike carbon shoes have what's not to like 
Sam Wolves has got anything that is ambitious and aims to push the limits of what is possible is fantastic for the sport. There may be some naysayers, but there have always been naysayers before any record has been broken and we shouldn't listen to them. Good old Swanee, his last one, absolutely contrived and pointless. <laughs> Richard Sw- Bradley Murphy gave him the thumbs down. Good old Arnold's got, um, they should juice the hell out of them like try for a sub six. <laughs> thing, where do you stop? Well, and I think John Weir's got it, it's got, I'll watch it. And I think that's fundamentally it. Like I think for most triathletes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and probably watch the whole thing, but I'll be mm. keeping an eye on throughout the day. And I don't know if, I don't think it trans, transfers to general public. Uh, does it transfer to sporting fans? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but, you know, like you said with the R package that they did with Challenge, mm. if you package it well, it could be something they sell. Mm-hmm. And as someone who knows nothing about the sport, if it's packaged well and it's got a good story leading into it and it's shown as an event after the fact, they could sell that. I think if they do it like the Nike project and if it if they do do all the science and that sort of stuff, I think that'll add... Uh, well, they have the money. Yeah, I don't know. The yeah, because Nike, Nike would have thrown millions. Yeah. Whereas these got this event, maybe it's going to have... Tens to hundreds of thousands rather than millions. So yeah. I think that's one thing for me is I hope they do that and I think that would be really interesting. I would just be so I'd, – I'd be amped for this. If uh, I've got no problem with them swapping the athletes out, you know, like having uh, leaders in the swim, towing them through the swim a bit and having paces on the run and, and doing like that arrow formation like they did with the two-hour run. Um, I'd be really excited if they did it. And, and likewise on the bike, um, if they did it without drafting. With with you know you had like a little arrow pointer like they did with the two hour project and whoever's sitting on the second wheel or whatever have to, have to be can be exactly the twelve meters or whatever the ruling is going to be and then you can have a uh, you know another rider in front you'd be swapping those riders out so the protected athlete would be twelve meters then I'd be excited because then you could kind of compare it to a normal Ironman you say well you get drafting in the swim anyway you can have drafting in the run that's not really breaking the rules but yeah just the bike. I don't know. I'm not that excited about it because of the bike. I, 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 I'm, I'm reserving my, my judgment until I understand how they're doing it. Yeah. You know, because if they do come in and say what you're doing, excited as. If it's 40 people on a bike, mm. I won't even bother. Mm. You know, so it's just, it's how they manage doing it in a way which makes it achievable, but not ridiculous. Mm. And if they can get that balance right, then it's pretty cool. If mm. it's just like a total joke, then it's like, well, what's mm. the point? So, well, but I'll reserve judgment. It may be out there how they are planning on doing it, but mm. at this stage, I don't understand that. John, we've got this week's discussion, but I have got another discussion that maybe you want to keep note. So this week's discussion is, what did you work on from a triathlon perspective during the 2020 stay, uh, to stay motivated when there was no racing in sight? And then second point, what would have you done differently if you had known this kind of pandemic thing would have lasted as long as it has? Which I really like, but... A discussion which is not really about triathlon, but Tom Brady won the seventh Super Bowl yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, on One News, did you watch One News last night? Did I watch One News? I watched bits, yep, bits of it. In sport, they did the top 10 greatest athletes of all time. Oh, God, don't get me started. Well, it, it was, you know, <laughs> and then they put Brady in front of Jordan now, which is, you know, and these, these discussions are always kind of pointless. Well, yep. Pointless, but they only one female in the top 10. Right. If Serena got like seventh. Yeah, and so my question. So then, and I was saying it's a bit sexist, you know, like because surely there's been female athletes who have dominated their sports just as much. It's just that male sports have maybe been more prominent mm. in the, you know, in the sphere. Um, and then I said, Joe, well, who would be the top ten? And be, to be honest, 
it wasn't something we could quickly whip off. Yeah, if you, it, th- if you had a good think about it, you probably could, like some of the golfers. Is, um, golfers, and you probably go Olympic, Olympic sports, mm. so something like the gymnasts, swimmers, mm. mm-hmm. um, but it's not, it's not something that I found easy. Mm. Um, maybe I'm a sexist pig, maybe it's just they haven't had as much exposure, but I think it's a really good discussion for us to have as an audience, not just triathletes, what, who are the greatest 10 female, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a who's the greatest athletes, I think you should have two discussions, I don't think Serena should have been in that top 10, mm. it should be top 10 male, top 10 female, um, but I think maybe a really cool discussion for us to have is who have been the top 10 athletes in the history of, female athletes in the history of sport. So maybe save that one for next week. Anyway, this week's discussion again is what to, what did you work on during 2020 when there's no racing? And what would have you done differently if you'd known it would have gone on for this long? Anyway, we're going to be back in two seconds because we're about to do an interview. Right, we're back. We uh, just had an interview with Thorsten and you're going to hear in a few seconds. But before we do, website of the week. Okay, Jason, I'm going to say a hard rith. Wrath sent through. Uh, it's called fastestknowntime.com. Uh, John, give us give what, what's your thoughts? So I think this is kind of like a cross between Athlinks, Strava. It's kind of like a Stravery type thing for triathlon random triathlon courses. So for example and, and really like Strava, if you don't know about it, that it's it gets a bit frustrating because Dipsticks put like these 100 meter stretches all over the place. And and so, you know, if we wanted to, when I climb up to Bevan's place, it's basically a climb to an intersection and then a little bit further. But on that climb, somebody's put like four segments in there or probably, oh, probably really? more than that. And you're like, come on, it's just a climb. Yeah. Um, do that. And so that, if, I know that the Strava geeks all have ways around all this stuff and you can find heat maps and all that stuff but anyway this website here which is fastestknowntime.com um, has some like long distance triathlons that aren't actually triathlons they're kind of courses that people have made up um, I looked at New Zealand there's only a couple of things in New Zealand but one of them is I think running the old ghost road which is like a this one you did recently was it? no we did uh, Paparoa um, but oh. it's like it's next to that it's about a 60 odd k um tramp or mountain bike ride and you could run it and it would be things like those other ones on that i've got on here the um yosemite picnic triathlon which isn't a triathlon at all it's just somebody's yeah, made up a course self-made, yeah um so it's the kind of thing like if you're thinking i want to do something funky um i'm going to go create the craziest sort of triathlon course you can and do it by myself and then you want to publicize it you put it on here and then people can upload their details and you can figure out who's fastest on that course so kind of a yeah cross between strava and athlinks i guess so a couple of other ones he's got in there he's got the Lassen Park Duathlon. He's got the the Mount Shasta Picnic Triathlon, um, and yeah, and I saw a couple in New Zealand. Um, so it's just early days, but if you want to get sh- share some of the funky ideas you've had, get your name up there, encourage others to go and do it. Kind of a cool little feature. Check it out. Fast fastest known time dot com. Yeah, and I think one thing thing that's cool with it is that if you do have a local training thing you'd like to have, or that kind of crazy thing that's local in your area. You can put on something like that. And then if you're traveling somewhere and you go, okay, I'm going to Christchurch. Oh, here's this race that John Newson's put up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a cool, fun training day that I could put together as a training day while I'm away somewhere. So, yeah, just another resource to help you find good places to train. Okay, John, let's go. Coaches Corner. John's got a, I, project. I know it's extra work for you, Bevan. No, I can't today. I've got no time. I've got no time today. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm vetoing. <laughs> so a crazy busy day this is not really a coach's corner it's more just an update on john's sub nine hour project 2026 so is this because i noticed you've put the year in yet so is this is this a guaranteed thing now 
Are you going no for guarantee, it? but if that's the year I turn 50. Yeah, well, you, well I think, I think you're, the seed's been planted. The seed has been planted, but it's not sprouting yet. No, no sprout? <laughs> no water on the, on the grass yet? No. On the, on the dirt? No permission has been granted. No permission. 20, wait a second, you've got five years. No permission has been sought nor granted. How old are your kids in five years from now? Uh, Tom will be, what, 18, I guess, and Philly will be 16. Uh, like debatable. But, yeah. It depends on what kind of kids they are in five years from now, doesn't it? Hmm. Mm. But anyway, just a bit of an update on that because um, I was wasn't being a sexist pig last week. I intentionally just did uh, the top the, the top athletes who were at fifty, men. whether they're men, whether they've managed to break the nine hour barrier, and there was only a handful of them. Thanks to Torsten for sending it through from TryRating.com, and I think he'd had some help from uh, Russell Cox from Coach Cox, and he, he he has lots of age group information. Torsten's your your pro guy, and Russell's got a lot of age group numbers in there, so. So this week is the females who have been uh, under 10 hours at age 50. And some of them have absolutely walloped the 10-hour barrier, but there's not many of them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was, I, I'll, I'll try to pull up last week's show notes hmm. and we'll see um, how many men. Had it was a pretty comparison. similar number, I reckon. But anyway, um, and I'm in Barcelona. We've had a couple done there. Um, Jill Fullen, who's from Great Britain, she went 9.43.47. She's also, I'm pretty sure she's won her age group in Kona um, at least once, I think. Um, I think probably the most impressive one on this list is uh, 2019 was a very fast year in Kona, but beat Goetz, or something along those lines from Germany, won the age group there in 9.46 in Kona. That's impressive. That is <laughs> impressive, isn't it? We had some others. Uh, was Peggy, that the, was last year? The fast year? Uh, it wasn't a race last year. The year before that, it was yeah. a fast year because um, and didn't we set some new yeah, records there? Yeah. Jan Fredino yep, went super made fast, it, didn't they? but still. Peggy Yeltman, uh, she did it in Texas, went nine forty four, and then there's only two others. Um, Michelle Enslin did it in South Africa uh, in twenty nineteen, and Petra Schmidl did it in Barcelona in 2019 and that's it. So only five females according to this list, list, list have done it and three of them were in 2019, one in 2018, one in 2017. A couple have come close in Australia and uh, in Taiwan and Arizona but yeah, not many. Do you know what's interesting John? It's actually Evan Stevens. Even Stevens. Yep, so five guys and five girls have gone under that category, either sub nine or sub ten in their, mm. in their six category um so obvious these people <laughs> so you're gonna be alleged to pull this off newsom start yeah, training know. now you know yeah. like because because these people like we've had many people over 50 who are great athletes yes you know in the sport you think of like like oh helen's in really sport, but you know think of like a melina mm. you know mm. like we've got plenty of guys who are absolute rock stars mm. um to go sub nine at 50 i guarantee by the time i get to 2026 quite a few more people will have done it you think quite a lot you think the amount of really good 40 to 50 year olds there are these days yep. they'll drift up and a lot of them will drop out a lot of them will slow down but i guarantee that that list is probably tripled by the time you get to 2026 especially if we keep having these semi-draft legal races um, so one thing you've got here is that, that kind of what does a sub nine look like for a guy so you're kind of saying swim transition needs to be about an hour yeah, and, and so that's sort of allowing for like a maybe a 55-minute swim and five minutes for both your two transitions. And I think as you get to 50, you're probably, your bike time is actually going to need to be a bit quicker. Yeah. So I think I rode 
like 452 or something along those lines when I did rote. Um, but I think you need to be more 445 at slowest, 350, and then you've got to run a 310. And that's to give you bang on nine hours. Um, would be one hour swim and transitions, about a 445 to 450 on the bike, and then a 310 to 315 um, on the run. There's one I can guarantee you mm. who will actually get the sub, fifth, sub nine, maybe even eight and a half. Who's that? Cam Brown. Is it, oh yeah, he's not fifty yet, but he's like Harold's Ken Brown. But he, God, he's not—he's never quitting racing. Bloody Rhodesy was Rhodesy was still in my age group at the weekend. He's not fifty yet either, but they're getting, they're getting close. Yeah, I'd say Brownie's probably forty-eight. Um, Ken Brown age is 48, 49 this year. Forty-nine this year in June. So next year, yeah, would he do eight and a half? Oh, he'll be gunning for it. He'd like to have that record because nobody's going to be breaking that record. No one's breaking soon. that record in a long time, no. is they? That's yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. There's definitely. I think he's still gunning to try to do a sub eight somewhere at the moment. That might be a bit of a bit of a push, but if he went somewhere like a Barcelona or a, yeah, the perfect course, somewhere like that. So wait, so you've kind of broken down the guys. What does a sub ten hour look like for a female? It's a jolly good question, Bevan. I haven't had a good split, a good look at this, the splits there, so I will do that next week. Okay, good times. Uh, we've got an interview coming up. We've got Thorsten the Geek. He's on to talk about PTO and just the rankings and all good things geeky on triathlon. Here he is right now. Right, our team. Um, we know there hasn't been a great deal of racing around the world in the last year, but thankfully down in New Zealand we've had a little bit. We had a bit of Daytona action, um, we had a couple of Ironman sort of sneak in there. We've got some more coming up. So we thought it'd be a good time to get Torsten the Torsten the Geek from Tri Rating back in <laughs> and sort of talk about PTO rankings, some of the rising stars that we've sort of seen emerge over the last 12 months, and, uh, and then also the financial impact that COVID's had on our pro athletes in terms of prize money so welcome back as always Torsten. Well thanks and as always great fun to talk with you about Ironman, racing, triathlon, whatever we can do these days to keep us occupied I guess. <laughs> one thing you know you've become an important figure in the sport in particular with the PTO. Um, I've really jumped on board with you know the, the effort that you've been putting into the sport for a long time. I'm kind of curious how much work is it for you now that it is kind of I know that's always been a love and a kind of a hobby on the side but now it is kind of there's a responsibility to come to fit. How much work are you actually putting into the work that you do for the PTO? Well, I, I, I guess I would love to say that um, it's I, I, I'll be able to do some more work than what I'm doing now because with so few races happening, there isn't actually uh, that much of the analysis part and updating the rankings to do. Um, but of course, whenever um, some rankings are released, then there's a ton of questions from athletes. Um, why I have so little points, um, <laughs> what happened here, you probably forgot this race and uh, so on. And then um, usually the PTO website only has the top 100. And then, of course, everyone uh, who's just outside the top 100 would like to know where they are and what their points are. So there's a lot of um, admin stuff going on, um, a lot of analysis part. Um, yeah, that, that that is a little bit less these days, but hopefully racing is going to pick up again soon. And especially with all the New Zealand and Australian races, there's some fun uh, at the early parts of the year. And then hopefully by, say, April, May, North America and Europe will also start to pick up again. And then hopefully there'll be a little bit more to do for me. I know your role is purely kind of assist, as kind of a stats-based kind of role, um, but you have a big responsibility now, and it does affect the livelihood of athletes. Um, does it, how does that feel for you? Yeah, I mean, it is a big responsibility to be impartial about um, the results, and even though I know a number of the people and probably are 
well, I wouldn't call them friends um, because we're, we rarely meet um, in, in person, but um, there's there's a lot of people that I'm in, in nice contact with, um, but then to still be impartial about the races that are happening. And even if there's someone that I like and would like to see maybe a bit further up, um, when looking at the numbers um, and they tell me that, well, maybe this wasn't such a good performance after all, still be um, fair to them and to the rest of them. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I always worry about the one that I might treat unfairly rather than the one that um, sits on top of the rankings and is happy that um, he she is sitting there because, I mean, <laughs> look at the names there. They probably don't care mm. if they're first, second or third in the PTO world rankings, but the guy or girl who's in in 50th or 70th or 110th position that that's the one um that i'm worried worried about and so yeah a lot so of responsibility and trying to be fair to everyone as much as possible so you're not sneaking any extra 100 points on your favorite athletes anywhere <laughs> uh no i think the most heated discussions have always been with some of the german athletes <laughs> <laughs> so but i guess in, it, it's all stats based so there's, your opinion and your sort of feelings doesn't really matter does it because in terms of weighting the races um it's all sort of formula based isn't it rather than you sort of using your gut instinct yeah, I mean, there's, I would say, 95% is is uh, is algorithm and just running the program and looking at the numbers co that come up. But then also to have um, something in place where maybe the algorithm does not work uh, well. And especially with um, the weird distances in some of the races that we've seen. I mean, Daytona was the perfect example. Um, it's, it's not um, a, a, a typical distance. And uh, the algorithms that I've built are either uh, for the full Ironman distance or for the 70.3 distance. So there is some um, discretion, I would say, involved in making sure that the numbers that do come out of this automatic algorithm actually make sense in the specific circumstances. And if not, then come up with um, an impartial, again, mm. <laughs> again, that word, um, uh, way of assessing the performance, even if the, the uh, regular algorithm spits out some weird numbers. So early in today, and there's other things like I mean, swim getting cancelled or the run being short yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. And there's always um, extra uh, caution that needs to be um, so to verify that the numbers that the algorithm spits out actually make sense in in the real world. Um, earlier in today's show, we, we were mentioning the ITU froze their rankings um, back in March last year, I think it was, in, in terms of Olympic qualifying, and, and are going to carry that on until um, the 1st of May. Um, so talk, talk us through sort of the PTO rankings at the moment and, and how they've sort of been affected over the last um, 12 months with you know a few races here or there. Um, has, have you guys just kept the rankings and the points sort of the same as usual, and, and what sort of movement have we seen in there? Well, what, what we did was pretty similar to what the ITU did uh, back in uh, March last year when the COVID um, crisis basically canceled all the races that was going on. Uh, we froze the rankings at the time they were then. And um, basically uh, uh, to be able to have something that would enable us to pay out um, the, the PTO bonus that was planned for the end of the year, but to pay that out in March. And I think $2 million, if I remember correctly, were paid out <clears throat> to the top 100 male and female athletes based on the rankings on um, March 15th. And um, yeah, then slowly during the year, we've seen a couple of races um, happening. 
um, and we use the results then to update to make an update at the end of 2020. Um, basically more as a starting point for the 2021 season and Collins Cup qualifying rather than having, you know, a, a fixed uh, view on who's, who are the top athletes right now. Um, we could have started everyone at zero points for 2021 and only count 2021 races, but that would be kind of weird too. So we used the 2019 and 2020 races as the starting point for the rankings now, and then we expect um, racing to pick up again in 2021 and the rankings to change accordingly then. So the point of the rankings is um, twofold, is one for Collins Cup um, qualification and then two for, for prize money. Is, is that pretty much it? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way that I understand it, is um, to uh, put together um, re- athletes racing longer than Olympic distance racing. So half distance, um, full distance, um, usually non-drafting um, and, and basically across all the different um, – organizers that offer races ironman challenge some pto supporter races um itu races longer than olympic distance um some other independent races and as much as possible there and then use that um both as as a ranking algorithm i mean just the ranking in itself is is a good talking point in highlighting athletes um who moved up who moved down uh, who's in the top 10 and then also to use that for the collins cup qualifying um, in determining the four male and four female from each of the regions that get an automatic slot, and then at the end of the re- the year, uh, determine the bonus payments that the PTO is going to give out. Hmm. Um, and just rewinding back to Daytona, um, I can't remember if I heard you on the coverage or not. I know you were you were obviously doing some work during the day over there. What what did you make of the whole event? Um, I was involved in the coverage, uh, but it was kind of a contrived. I, I was not in person in Daytona, so we had kind of a text-based connection to the commentary team, um, and I was feeding them some of the numbers in the background. Uh, some of the things that were happening were um, uh, th- that they should either pick up in the coverage, or I was yelling at them and get a camera there <laughs> uh, via text and and stuff like that. I mean, of course, it's always uh, tricky to do that from. Um, I don't know how many thousand miles away and just a text-based connection there. But um, yeah, do, doing my best to uh, provide them with information that maybe they uh, uh, miss because they can't be watching the the splits and the individual things happening quite as much as I can um, without having to commentate myself. So, so, you know, I think most fans of the of the sport will kind of know the big names and will know some of the fading names in the sport. But obviously at this moment, we always have some up-and-coming rising stars coming through. Who are the people you are some of the names that maybe you're seeing that we think, jeepers, these will be the names of the future? Yeah, it's kind of tricky to determine the future. Um, but, I mean, I, we can look at some of the athletes that have, have risen uh, with the 2020 races, uh, the few that were happening. And uh, maybe speculate a bit about what that will mean for the future. Um, I guess the the common theme is going to be pretty much um, what we also had around the Daytona theme with the athletes coming from Olympic distance um, and then moving up to the longer distances. What impact are they going to have? I mean, someone like a Gustav Eden, who's already had some really great results on the 70.3 distance, on the half distance. Um, if Christian Blumenfeld stays he- healthy and, and tackles that, um, I, I don't think he'll just be focused on on the sub-7 project that he's involved in now, but also 
I mean, racing 70.3, um, placing well in in um, world 70.3 worlds, um, tackling Ironman, racing Kona. That that's also on his schedule. Um, I don't know. Vincent Louis probably has a couple more years on the Olympic distance. So um, those will be interesting ones when once they move up. Uh, we probably won't see them quite in the rankings yet. Although Gustav is already in third place in the men's rankings uh, at the end of 2020 with his results from Daytona mainly and a couple of other races that he already did on the 70.3 distance. What about our Kiwi, Kyle Smith? You, you, you contacted me a while ago about him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyle's also this one guy? <laughs> yeah, that's also one of those. I mean, um, same same thing for uh, Teresa Adam, who's, who's also, um, I think, third on the female side. Lots of races uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, very little international racing. I think um, at least uh, Teresa has, has had one Kona uh, in her career by now where she didn't do quite so well. Mm. But then Kyle only doing uh, New Zealand races so far and winning all of them against... Um, the best racers that there currently are in New Zealand, but it will be interesting to see how how he's going to fare uh, once racing gets more international again. Um, short term, yeah, Kyle will be interesting seeing how he's going to do Wanaka. I think he also signed up for Ironman New Zealand, so that could be an interesting one. And if he's going to continue his his winning streak four out of four so far with mm-hmm. Taranga two weeks ago, yeah. um, Wanaka coming up. Um, I'm sure that. Uh, Braden Curry would love uh, nothing better than uh, to beat him in, in Wanaka. So that'll be an interesting uh, rematch between these. And yeah, Teresa, same thing. I mean, uh, lots of good results in Australia and New Zealand. Not quite um, that, that winning streak that, that Kyle has had, but uh, these are really interesting ones, young ones um, that um, have been doing really well in these uh, quote-unquote local races and haven't had quite that international uh, fields uh, seen yet. So that will be really interesting once they um, get the chance to um, prove themselves against stronger competition again. Any any German up and comers? We're going to keep, you guys keep pumping out the athletes like nobody's business. <laughs> any uh, any Germans we should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean Laura Philipp is is obviously one of those. Uh, she's uh, already done um, Kona fourth, seventy point three world. She was third a couple of years ago. She was third in Daytona. Um, she's already up, up there. Um, to me, she's probably the going to, going to be one of those that, um, is still relatively young enough in the sport to still have uh, a lot of potential getting even better than where she already is. Um, I think she's, she's ranked uh, 16th or something somewhere there. I mean, she's one of those that is probably hurt most by the lack of racing that we've seen in the last uh, year, because she only has three races that, that count for now. Um, not not any any more races. So um, yeah, I'll, I expect her to be one of those that that are going to climb again. And I mean, on the men's side, there are just so many names <laughs> that you could look at. Um, there, there's always uh, a ton of German racers up there, and always one that is able to pick up uh, when there's another one who doesn't have a good result. So I don't see uh, German athletes um, being a non-factor um, in the next few years. Uh, uh, quite 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 the the other way around just just with germany in, in general you know we know that german the german people tend to have a bit of a love for triathlon you know it's, it's obviously not a main sport but it's kind of one of those sports that does get a good amount of attention is it is that something that's fading or is it pretty much on par or is there growth and 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 i'm talking about public interest not just kind of the triathlon geeks of the world mm. yeah i mean that's that's one of those interesting ones um there's 
always these well i mean uh, let, let's start from the other way around uh germany does have a, a, a pretty long tradition with triathlon um we've had a silver medal in sydney in the first uh, olympics um by stefan vukovic uh we've had a couple of of winners in kona um um if jan frodeno or, yep. or uh, patrick lange plays well in Kona, they're always in the running for Sportsman of the Year awards, usually getting a good position there. So uh, the big, big names um, always get um, good um, recognition. Um, where things are, are a bit trickier is to get the attention in the smaller races. I mean, Frankfurt and Rode always get a bit of attention. Kona does get attention. But other than that, there isn't really that much um, public awareness of triathlon. And I was a bit surprised that... Um, Daytona hardly was picked up at all in Germany. Oh, really? Um, um, it, there was some live TV coverage, but uh, hardly anything that I saw in the newspapers other than reporting uh, the results there. Um, so, I mean, there's there's still ways to go, um, but that is more the, the general public who's more looking towards um, football, soccer <laughs> uh, at this time. And um, triathlon is is uh, firmly in the in the second tier of of sports there, and hopefully it's something that we can um, continue to improve in the next uh, time too. Um, but uh, yeah, there's always a lot of interest in the sport in in the 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 core interest uh, of triathletes. So the geeks there have a firm grip and will follow everything, and of course know everything better. Um, but it's it's not so much a, a growing sport as it was maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and we know, obviously, there hasn't been much racing. There's been a few big money races in terms of Daytona. Um, what impact? You've done a pretty big post here, and I haven't yeah, read through great. it. But in terms of the impact that, that um, COVID's had on prize money for, you know, the, the top athletes and the, you know, the the lower tier athletes, um, what impact does it have? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, uh, with with so many races not being able to go on. Obviously, a lot of the pro races didn't happen. And um, if you just look at the numbers, uh, taking away the PTO uh, for now, basically all the uh, race organizers dropped their price money by 90 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is I mean, just look at Ironman. They probably paid out a little bit more than four hundred thousand uh, dollars last year, which they usually pay out in the order of four million and a little bit more than that. Wow. Um, so uh, big uh, drop in prize money that athletes were able to make of the usual channels. Um, luckily um, for the athletes, the PTO arrived on the scene. Uh, they put up um, nearly four million money, four million uh, US dollars of of uh, prize money and bonuses, and um, in the races that they supported across the year, and that um, I guess compensated for. Um, a good deal of of money that was lost by a number of people, but still, uh, price money is down by 50%. Um, races have been down. Uh, the number of athletes that made money has been down significantly, and I think it'll be um, we'll we'll see quite a good number of um, athletes um, taking a bit of a different path than maybe uh, what they would have taken had uh, racing continued in a normal way. Um, but a lot of the uh, pro athletes that are still out there. Um, yeah, we're pretty lucky le- that the PTO came on yeah. and provided such a huge uh, um, chunk of money for their their bottom lines. Um, other things that I really like about the PTO right now is is things like the uh, the pregnancy um, 
policy that they came up with. So there's a lot of um, females that decided to use, well, on the one hand, the COVID um, long off season, so to speak, yeah. um, but also the, the money that the PTO provides for uh, pregnant uh, females uh, of being able to take the time uh, at this time and uh, still get paid um, a decent amount of money according to their their uh, rankings position uh, at the time that they're not able to raise because of their being pregnant or uh, just after giving birth. Um, so Rini was, I guess, the first one who benefited from that. But there's so many more where who are currently pregnant, uh, Sarah Pimpiano, um, Chelsea Sodaro, uh, Jocelyn McCauley, I mean, top-ranked athletes. Um, Daniela Blymel just announced that, that she's also pregnant again. Um, so many more um, athletes that uh, take the time to have a baby in the middle of their career and then hopefully come back after that and still be able to continue to race strong. So that's an interesting development. And I think something that's, that was um, sorely needed in the sport um, at, at uh, um, yeah, just, just providing um, some form of support to these athletes uh, while they're pregnant. It's actually pretty fascinating. You know, if we live in an alternative world where the PTO haven't, hadn't arrived in the last couple of years and had that funding, geez, it would have been a tough year for the pros. Like, I know the PTO didn't really provide the overall solution, but just that little bit of support was massive for a lot of athletes. It would have been interesting to see, again, in a alternative world, how many of, of kind of the up-and-coming pros, you know, would have, we would have lost in this year in this last kind of 12 months. Yeah, and you could see athletes like like Jan Frodeno. He's got a, a big enough uh, impact, and and um, he's well known enough that if he does something, um, such as his his home, what was a home Ironman, swimming in the pool um, on the trainer and on the, on the um, uh, on the uh, uh, on the running board, um, that that yeah, he gets attention for that, and he's able to raise uh, money for that. Um, but the smaller athletes who don't have that platform, they would have been very very um, restricted in their ability to make money. Um, sponsors probably uh, moving away a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's it's lucky the PTO was able to provide the money and hopefully build a platform that they can also build on in the future. And it was not just a, a year of uh, handing out um, some, some cash, but also um, using the time uh, with COVID to build the support among the pro athletes and also build the plat platform that they want to build on in their in their business plan so guys if you want to go and check out you know um more details of all this money stuff and rankings etc go to tryrating.com and he's got a deep dive into the 2020 triathlon money list um you can also go check out the pto they've got all the athletes rankings in there and uh it's awesome, you know. I, I can. There's now somewhere I can actually go when we're going to interview someone, and there's actually background information on each person, especially when a lot Years of them don't work. don't have a lot of websites and stuff. Torsten, any, <laughs> anything else you've got coming up in terms of uh, what we want people to keep an eye out for on tryrating.com? Well, I mean, tryrating.com will just wait until racing picks up again. Uh, the thing for me will be um, the big German races, hopefully happening in the summer in Frankfurt in uh, road and then later in the year the collins cup at the end of where, where was to end end of august i think yep. um and then hopefully in more or less normal kona year um but um those are the the highlights in my year that i'm looking forward to other than crunching the numbers and getting yelled at by athletes who want to be ranked higher <laughs> <laughs> good luck awesome Torsten. thanks for your time as always and we'll uh, catch up with you during the year Thanks, guys, and hopefully, fingers crossed for racing to pick up again on a decent level. Awesome, mate. Interesting stuff. 
It is. It is a big responsibility, but isn't it? Because you know, because Thorson, Thorson, I love that he's. Oh, hopefully, he's, I'm sure he's getting paid. Um, mm. He's a guy who's committed a lot to the sport. Mm-hmm. The amount of effort, you know, that, look, maintaining try rating. It's probably a good 10-hour project each week. Mm. Not right now, obviously, because of you know, racing, but traditionally, probably at least. It's, it's purely with love. Mm. He's done it for about 10, 12 years. He's done it for a long time. Yeah, you know, and, and so the fact that um, you know, he is having this impact on the sport, and fingers crossed he's making some money along the side when doing it, but also you kind of trust him to be the guy to do it because there is a responsibility that comes with it. Mm. And I know you can say... You know, what's all algorithms? Uh, things can be tweaked. <laughs> you, know, you always look at like um, political bloody, um, what do they call it when you do like a political, what is the word I'm looking for right now? When, uh, everyone's like a stats for politics or oh, okay. yeah. surveys, surveys. Yeah. You know, like surveys can always be a bit common. Yeah. So uh, interesting stuff. Okay, John, let's do Wanger of the Week. I haven't even looked at this yet, Devin. I'm, I'm, I'm lagging behind here. I'm going to pull up number 20. Did you, uh, did you do much exercise last week? I saw you on the bike on Saturday. I was driving out to Sunday. Oh, coaching. And I saw you on I the bike. I saw you twice. I saw your wife twice in the last week. Yep. She, we dropped, we ditched her, we booted her out of the car she at went the for start walk. of the causeway. Yeah. And she saw you guys and we saw you when we were What were you doing? We were going out to Sumner to have a little swim, practice run swim, because we raced on Tommy? Sunday with Tom and Felicity. Nice. It was pretty fresh, let's just say. Can you and then I saw you and Belinda... Mm-hmm. Coming for a walk down the hill. And we were running. We were walking. No, we were you were walking. Yesterday morning. You were walking. We must have just you were been having gone. a breather. John, I know the difference between walking and running. Monday. Just before the roundabout on Dyer's Pass Road, that last little corner coming down, you were walking. I thought I was lovely. John and you, John and Monday, Monday for a walk. Yesterday. Well, I don't know, probably. Yesterday. We went for a run together yesterday. Monday's uh, couples running day now. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, couples that run together stay together. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Ed <laughs> Hawkins. Oh, good old school name of the show. He... Uh, did a lot of biking. Uh, so he was in 20th place. He rode 19 hours and 33 minutes. Didn't do any swimming. Didn't do any running. He said, I'm just going to be a cyclist this week. He That's was, a lot of zwifting too. He's a triathlete, but he's uh, done a lot of biking. I don't even know where he lives. He lives in Oakham, England now. He was over in uh, in Dubai or somewhere around there for a while, wasn't he? And then moved back there. Bikes, um, his interests are bikes, Sarah and Luke for with coffee every day and beer at the weekends, racing 2021 TCR, third time lucky. What is the TCR? Don't know, but Don't he's, know. he's got any KOMs, let's have a look. What's happening with Australia? So he's been pretty consistent, he had um, all the way through COVID, he had a bit of a lull there in July, about three weeks there when, when not much happened, but I tell you what, between sort of when COVID hit in, uh, in March, that was like he's, I'm on it. And through March 2020 through to end of June, he was Beasting on it. it. Eased off a little bit through July, started to build it back up through September, October, November. And it's been pretty consistent since uh, December onwards. Do you know one thing about Ed Hawkins? Uh, no, you tell me. He loves a photo of a long distance road. Mm. You look at all his photos, they're all of roads in the distance and a variety. I like it. It's got some good photos there. He loves the photos. Wow, this is longest bike ride, 421.9 kilometres. How long did that take him? Let's have a quick look, see, because I think we must be friends, so I can uh, check that out. 429 kilometres, the BRM400. Okay, it took him 14 hours and 15 minutes and 34 seconds. Elevation of 3,000 metres. Average power was 175. Energy output was nearly 9,000 kilojoules. And this is done in the heat as well. It's done in Malaysia. So you went Malacca to Sagamat, Klang, Batu, Parat, and then back to Malacca. A long day in the office. Bloody hell, that is a long day in the office in that heat. 
14 hours and 15 minutes. So that's moving time. So elapsed time, God, you'd think it would have to be sort of 17 hours or so. John, whoop, whoop, that is a big ride. Nice Ed, work here. You are the winger of the week. week. Okay, questions and answers. Okay, John, so just you, you give me the plug here. Uh, no, I'm giving Ironman a bit of a plug here. So uh, what they've done over in Kona, they've Ironman Foundation have put up a whole bunch of money and they're helping to feed people of Kona who are struggling. You've got to think, over there, tourism is the lifeblood of the, the economy, I would yeah. imagine. There's not that much yeah. else going on over there, to be honest. And things like Kona are big yeah. for those places. So they've pledged $1 million to help feed the island of Hawaii community and basically they've set up food food sort of drive-through um we can pick Eight up you know, a box of box of food. So fantastic. Um, that is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So good on you, Ironman Foundation. Yep. Good on you. Okay, John. That's pretty much it. So, uh, do you want to do your race report? As as we'll do your swim set. And we'll do your race report as the last bit at the end. Okay. Because John's swim set. John's swim set. We're doing that now. Yeah. Swim set today. I only had Nicole as company. Nicole Kelsey. And Nicole Wilson. Where's the rest of the crew? <laughs> had a bit of a sleep, and there was a couple in the other lane, but there's only me and Nicole. And, I and have I, to admit, this morning, John. I'm really disciplined with exercise. The first time I went, I, I woke up and go, you know what? You're not doing exercise this morning. Mm. I think I don't think I've ever done it in like 20 years. I did, well, I did not do that. I got there and the lane was empty. I'm thinking, and Nicole's always a bit late. And <laughs> Come on, Nicole. Show. And don't be that person, Nicole. But I'm not complaining at all because I was maybe a couple hundred metres in. She jumps in. I think there's Nicole. Sweet. Got to the end. She's normally one person behind me or maybe two. So and, she's a good one. Yeah. And I said this morning, you may swim past me. Uh, because I'm just feeling a bit tired and like two lengths and she's like boom straight past me I said sweet you're leaving for the rest of the session uh, we did a 400 warm up and then we did four times 66 metres bands only uh, just to work on a little bit of technique work on that catch and then our main set today was a bit of distance for the Ironman people that weren't there and so we had a 600 metre steady so that's sort of a roundabout Ironman effort Three 100s um, hard where we had about 20 seconds rest and then a 33 easy and we repeated that three times through and with a warm down that was three and a half K. Nice little session, bit of endurance sort of uh, Ironman type swimming and a little bit of harder stuff just to spice it up. So good to get done. Beautiful morning. We're swimming in the pitch black now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's dark cool. now. We yeah. start swimming at just before six o'clock. It's pitch black and there's a light that shines in they had a couple of little flashing lights at the end of the pool so you could see the end of the pool uh, and it was a beautiful warm morning sunrise it's pretty was coming special, up. isn't it it was nice just for the record I am going to do my exercise today I, 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 okay. I will do it you will do so it the only problem with my back operation John is I have got a bit of nerve pain so and at night it's uh, like standing up sitting down is fine lying down so I'm waking up like 20 times a night, so mm. my sleep, that's the only downfall of the, the, the experience I'm going through right now. Okay, John, let's thank our patrons. Um, we had John, the mighty Ray Harwood. We've got Mike, man of many faces, Thomas. Martin, Wally White. <laughs> We've got Adrian, projectile Berry. Yeah, projectile because uh, Adrian used to have challenges with uh, doing projectile vomits during races. It's absolutely sensational. I've got to say, guys, I was I was doing some work on my computer day and I was just trying to look up patrons for my other podcast. Um, and I just looked up patrons. I accidentally opened the file that John has on. You know, mm-hmm. he's very organised with all this stuff. Um, and I just I, was, I thought, wow, it's so cool that people support us and what we do. Uh, you know, because we've done the show for. 15, 16, 16 years now. 16 years. Really? Mm. 
That's mind blowing. Mm. And we've never missed a week no. other than the holidays, but we always put a show out over the holidays. Um, you know, and you know, it's, it's a labor of love. You know, you don't really make any money from podcasting, but you know, just the people who are patrons of the show, it just really does mean a lot. And it's just so cool to see all the names of the people mm. who kind of donate some of their hard earned money our way. So a big thank you because it really is appreciated and it really just helps us do what we do here. Um, to be honest, if it wasn't patrons around, who knows if the show would have lasted? Mm. Yeah. You know, so so it's, it's really for those who are patrons, thank you very much. And if you want to become a patron, just go to www.imtalk.com. Me, uh, it's all pretty obvious on the web page. Go on the web page, you get a donation, you get a gift, and so on. Uh, if you want some coaching, you go to coachjohnson.com. If you want to check out my podcast, I actually podcast interviewed a guy from NASA. Nice, he was like one of the like, top three level NASA guys. Um, episode you say, fascinating interview. Oh. He's written a book called Manners, really good book. Uh, he's, he's basically talking about how soft skills are just important as, as you know your high level skills and uh, really enjoyed the interview so if you want to check that out you can, if you can check that out bevanjamesowers.com other content such as age group of the week cool websites uh, cool websites and other feedback and email us at imtalkpodcast at gmail.com or just go to the website John you guys you had a race had a race Timaru Triathlon yeah game on it was did my panic swim training I saw porno before the yes. race and he said you don't talk to John Newsom before a race no you don't someone said something to you and he had to porno thought amateur <laughs> you're rookie <laughs> yeah no you don't do that I think I did my longest ever swim warm up for a race and was that part of your panic training uh, no I just wanted to be well warmed up yep. you know because I knew conditions? it was, was going to be all on conditions were m- sort of slightly mediocre it was supposed okay. to be a nice day and we were driving down and it started drizzling yep. uh, so this I, I did a long warm up and Brian Rhodes was down on the water as well it's like the old fellas have got to warm up for quite a while I did like <laughs> Is he, what's he doing nowadays he's just getting back into it uh, he works in scaffolding oh, yeah and he lives across the road bought a house across the road from my in-laws oh like directly across the road in Mount Pleasant what part Mount Pleasant oh yeah. did he so anyway, Rosie. So he's going to come back to Christchurch. It's cool. Because he's from yeah. Tech, um, Taupo originally. No, he's from Rangiora originally. Oh, is he? Okay. But he did live in Taupo for a while. Yeah. Taupo. Taupo. Uh, I'm going to be able to pronounce everything a lot better after today. Why? First Tereo lesson tonight. Tereo. Tereo once a week, me and Belinda. Okay, well, I'll find out tonight. <laughs> I'm not very good at it myself, but where are you doing that? At Hagley College. Do you know what? That's a really funny. We'll go to your race in a second. It's funny as a white person, because in New Zealand what's happening, which is really cool, because the Māori culture has been you know, mo- like most indigenous, yeah, indigenous cultures, and if you want to learn about it, it's a great book called The History of New Zealand, great book, and you just kind of see how they've been backfoot, and there's a great podcast called um, Black Sheep, and they show that how, you know, the, for example, there was a judge, one of the highest level judges, just like in the 1800s, who would just take land off the Māori because he just thought they were just primitive and they were intelligent enough to own land, so you can kind of see why they're on the back foot a little bit, but there's been a real shift in this last period of time where, you know, some of the ingrained racism and this kind of embracing of the culture is happening, and, and the use of te reo in, in, in our society mm. is becoming a, a bit of a normal thing, like the fact that John's even just doing a course. Mm. 20 years ago, no, not many Pākehā people would have thought, I'm going to learn some Māori. Pākehā is a white person. Yeah, white, white person. Um, would have thought and, and for it to be used and it's kind of that thing where it's it's kind of becoming normal you use multi words as a part of the everyday language mm. um, and I just it's funny because there's a white man I feel awkward doing it mm. you know like because I, I, I don't have a huge amount of usage of their words um, so I probably need to educate myself a little bit more and, and I want to support it but I also feel weird doing it. Well, that's because we don't do languages in New Zealand. Yeah, probably. Because, um, but I want to embrace it. I want to be one of the guys who's you know, just using it enough, which because I, I support it. Hagley College with me. Oh, maybe I will. Hundred um, bucks, bargain. How often do Hamlin's go for? One, once a week, Tuesday nights. You're pretty good with languages, but aren't you? I am okay, okay relatively. 
relatively speaking to Kiwis, I'm pretty good. Relative to Europeans, rubbish. This is of the show. No, I struggle with English, John. <laughs> so so, so I'd, uh, maybe I will do it. Maybe I do because I think I need – because I stand in a leadership role many years in my mm-hmm. life and I think it would be good for me to do that. Anyway, so – Timaru Triathlon was a sprint distance draft legal race. Bevan asked me last week, where did I want to place and stuff? And I was like, I don't know who's racing. It was part of our sort of elite series in New Zealand. And so they had got some good athletes down there. Um, but I didn't really know many of them. I knew a couple of big hitters. Did you want to take out Rosie? Yeah, of course <laughs> Yeah, I was reasonably confident in that. Uh, I would have had to have, he would have had to have a lot of luck and I'd have to have no luck I yeah, think, okay. because I'd, I'd definitely back myself outrunning him at least. Yep. Um, and so... The swim, I'll call it confused sea, because it was just weird. It wasn't waves coming in, and it wasn't choppy. It was just messy all over the place. It was really, really hard to swim, because you just, you would ne- you never got any straight line, flat swimming where you get into rhythm. You're always getting buffeted from one side or the other. So um, I'm on the standing on the start line, and I'm thinking, it's a, it's a triangular, kind of a triangular course with left-hand turns. So I'm thinking, I breathe to my left, I'm going to start on the right-hand side of the start line because I thought all the guns will start on the left and then I can cut across and jump on their feet. I get to the right end of the start line. All these pros, or not pros, some of them are pros. Top level guys. Top level guys start standing next to me. I'm like, bugger off. Back to the other end of the line. Don't come with me. And so I'm having to keep sort of move around them so I'm the last person on the list and, I'm, and Sean O'Deporno was uh, was the starter and yeah. he, I'm like standing outside of the starter and just keep moving down and down and down and uh, eventually I think I was the outside person or close to it and the videos there's a video video of the start and because they didn't hand out swim caps which I have no problem with whatsoever yeah. everyone's using their own swim cap so you can clearly identify who's who on the start yeah. line and they said, it was like an ITU start, so take your marks and then the hooter's going to go. They said, take your marks and the hooter didn't work. And I went, I'm going. <laughs> 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 There's always a sneaky John Newsom early start, but I, that's you I didn't capitalizing. do the early start. There was a guy next to me. I think he went like a millisecond in front of me. It's like you could hear the sound coming out of the hooter, but no hoot. hoot. So I was like, I'm out of here. And uh, yeah, I was just I thought, you just got to gun it. You've got to do really good duck dives to start. And then just try to settle in and hope for the best. Now, was it on the location it used to be? Yep, Caroline Bay. Yep, okay. Yep. And I'm swimming along. I'm thinking, how many people in front of me here? Yeah. And uh, but there's a lot of wash. Like it was pretty full on. But I positioned myself perfectly. Got to the first boy, and I'm like, I think I'm on the back of the front group here. Oh, great. But I was <laughs> in all sorts of bother okay. to, be, <laughs> to be there. And then I got dropped. I thought I, I cannot sustain this, and I was drifting off. Try to get back on, drift off. <laughs> couldn't couldn't stay on. So what we're doing there is panic training doesn't work. Well, now, panic training showed that I got off the line bloody well yep. and had almost had the ability to stay there. And then across the long back stretch, I was just swimming by myself thinking, oh, no, I am in no man's land. And then someone whacked me on the feet. And I went, sweet, somebody's there. <laughs> and then Rhodesy did actually come around me. He had a shocker of a start. He's a much better swimmer than me. Yep. And so I had a few feet to follow, but then I got a bit lazy coming into the end of the swim and lost a few feet. So I was coming out of the swim. And there's a couple just in front of me, and I didn't even look behind me. And so I tried to gun transition. Took I didn't put my feet in my shoes for about three kilometers on the bike. Oh, really? So just like, got to get on these two. And then thankfully, we had a turnaround point, and I saw a group of three or four coming up from behind. So then I got my feet in, nice. settled into a group, and uh, and we spat a couple of people out the back. And it was just cool fun. 5K circuit, a couple of U-turns, bit of up and down. Uh, it was a, and this is down the main street of Timaru. Timaru's small I place. I imagine all the whole city was there. Nobody was there, yeah. <laughs> but 
but it was uh, it was just quite technical. It's about up and down as well, isn't it? And you're on it the whole time. And guys, after the second lap, people start attacking, and you're just on the rivet. This sort of racing is awesome. Way harder than Iron Man. Yeah. Just because you're out of control. Yeah. You know, you've got. You're no not just control. trying to sit on a power the whole time to manage yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be on your watching for what's going on. Yes, you do get some area easier periods where your power goes right down, but other periods where it's like, holy shit, I've just got to hang on for dear life here. And luckily, when you're a slightly slyer old dog, you kind of know where the attacks are going to come, and you, you, at least you're ready for them. It still yeah. doesn't make it any easier. So we did drop a couple of people and I hung in there. And, but the last lap, these guys are attacking me all over the place. I'm like, I'm not coming through for a turn if you're trying to drop me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did sit in a little bit on the last lap. But I'm thinking, I back myself on this run. Because it's not. A t- I, I remember doing this race, and it's it's a very up and down run, isn't it? No, it's a totally different run. Oh, there as okay. Well. But it does have an uphill. But I'm thinking. I think I've got my. I've, I think I'm okay here. I think I'll outrun at least a couple of these dudes. And I was a bit lazy in transition. I was last one in out of the Shut group. Open up. And Come I on, you said you're like, how many triathlons have you done over the years? Oh, not many draft legal ones, and none of those in a long time. So I'm a bit sloppy going into transition. They're all gone, and and I just got drilled on the run and just ran. I, I thought I was actually running okay. Yeah. I didn't feel terribly, and I was working hard, but I was just slow. So we, where'd you come? 15th overall, which, to be honest... Great day, you would have got what? One place better, probably. Oh, okay. If I'd had a good... Like I said last week, if I run under 18 minutes for 5K, probably pretty happy. My run was a bit slower than that, and I probably would have only gained one place. So I don't think I could have done much better than that. But it was good fun. And uh, age group? Won the age group, but that doesn't really mean When I want a chicken dinner. Sorry? When I want a chicken dinner. When I want a chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah. Rhodesy was second in the age group. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> didn't win the car. Didn't win a spot prize. Who won the car? Um, who did get a prize draw for the car? I think it was some, some elite person. Oh, good stuff. How many people did the race? They had about a hundred. I don't know, hundred and fifty. So, so you wish more races like that happened? Yeah, it was great. They had full road closure and everything. We don't get that very much in New Zealand. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just good stuff. Good, good fun. Recommend it. Go do some short course racing, people. When racing does start in the rest of the world, it's bloody hard stuff. Any other goss? Um, no, the goss. No, didn't get a spot prize. Was, uh, they, had, they were giving out, because there's only yep. whatever, 150 people there, they were they started prize giving a bit early. They were supposed to do it at one and then they were ready earlier. Just get it done. And so Don't make it. people wait around. Yeah. And then they started doing the prize giving and, the, and they said, well, we've got some drink bottles just to start things off. And I like, I don't want to drink bottle. <laughs> I'm not even going to go off when I get to drawn out. And they had a box of them and they're going through the names and dishing them out. And then they got another box. I'm like, oh, come on. There's actually some good prizes up there. And another box. And I was like, ah, oh, and I haven't been drawn out so yet. So you're thinking I'm going to get one, one of the good sweet. prizes? I'm going to get one of the good prizes. Go through the crappy good prizes. Didn't get that. Right, the good one's one. coming up. There's a watch coming up. Oh, I got this. I get, yeah. And then I uh, didn't get that. Didn't get the Suzuki prize draw. And the watch went to Shirley Ralston. Oh, new nice new Garmin watch. Oh, really? Mm, six, probably 600 bucks worth or oh, so. That's good. No, outside of that, Bevan. Um, How'd the kids go? Sunday. Kids did pretty good. Yep. Uh, they were racing in the under 16 category, so they didn't really get anywhere, but uh, did pretty well. Yep. Good, good fun. Mm. Bevan, what happened to your weekend? We had a very social weekend, actually, because mm. we had um, 660. Mm-hmm. The concert I was telling everyone about Great Who was that? Was that in Hickley Park? Yeah And it was awesome Yeah It was absolutely awesome They had a band called okay, So last week I said Listen to 660 If you're, mm-hmm. if you're an overseas listener Who haven't heard of them Great band But they had a band called Dex Project 
Their day Dobbin Dex project were unbelievable. The guy mm. could sing. Mm. Um, just a good night out, and also you know like again we're very lucky in New Zealand. It just made me be really really proud to be a Kiwi mm. because a obviously in this crazy time we were able to do things like have a concert. B pretty much all of Christchurch was there. A lot of it was pretty busy. Mm. Uh, C the musicians were unbelievable, and there was just lots of Kiwi owner in it. Like mm. then the last band, um, the last song that um, Six Six to do, which is Don't Forget Your Roots. Was just about reminding yourself that your family is really important to you, and they got this um, kapahaka group up on stage, mm-hmm. and they did this kapahaka while they sing this song. It was just powerful. Hey? It was pretty cool. Nice. So they had that, and then caught up some friends, friends on Sunday, and then Porno had the Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty. Cool. Well, the game was actually pretty boring. It wasn't boring. I, Greta, I don't. I would never be passionate. Greta, lover. But mm. but Brady's a legend. Can't deny it. Seven seven wins. Um, it's interesting when you watch American sports because particularly football, there's a lot of stoppages. I love watching the highlights. Of, I don't think I've ever watched a game of gridiron. So the game took nearly four hours. Yeah. You know, like nearly four hours for a game that's what, four 15-minute quarters? Yeah. You know, so basically an hour a quarter. You know, mm. like it's a pretty slow game. But in saying that, if you've got a bunch of friends together, because there was a mm. great bunch of guys there and, and a girl called Rachel was there as well. So we had, a, you know, a good bunch of people there. And Rachel, the token female, yeah, was she? yeah, yeah, very much. <laughs> uh, even Steph Porno's wife kind of just knew to disappear, which is interesting. Um, but um, the thing about it was a good bunch of people. We brought American food, so I had a lot of chicken, a lot mm-hmm. of chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Had a pop tart for the first time in my life. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know why that's such an amazing. Thing. No, nor do I. <laughs> Didn't really get that. Um, uh, but but you, you kind a million, of you, million cans of soda. Well, no, because they bought. Um, what they buy? Blair bought to bring American sodas, mm-hmm. but there were lots of bud. Right. Yeah, bud was it seemed to be the alcohol of choice. Um, but the thing is, you'll kind of watch ten seconds, and then it takes like two minutes to have a play. Mm. So then you just kind of socialise. Right. So it's actually it's actually quite a fun sport to watch with a group of people because there were heaps of laughs. I was hanging out with your mates. You know, it was a really cra- I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun day. It was a pity the game wasn't close because mm. I think if the game was close, it would have been pretty cool to watch mm-hmm. for, as a spectacle. But you know, it was something different. So, you know, and it worked well for us because in New Zealand it was a public holiday yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I could see it being something that you get a bunch of mates together for every year and it's more of a catch-up with a game of sport on the background. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty good. And other than that, John, did my first training session outside of just basic walking yesterday. Nice. Went to the gym, did 40 minutes on the bike. Yep. Oh, tell you what, smashing it. Got a bit yep. of sweat on. Oh, God. You can, you can be my subby for the next race. You can do the bike leg for me. I'll yeah, do the swim and the run. Right. Yep, done it. Done. How far is How long is the race? I'm actually, I'm racing again this weekend on Friday night. So 16Ks. Was that? Out in, out in the Wapops, Lake Crichton, just old school. Who's putting that on? Uh, the Selwyn Sports Trust. Oh, good times. No, I won't be there, John. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck for your bike. Other than that, John, that's pretty much it in my life. Let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.